I'm going to be this morning in the book of Judges, chapter number 16. And uh, I'm going to ask you one more time to stand to reverence the reading of God's Word. And uh, we're going to read verses 23 through 30. Judges, chapter 16, verse number 23. Then the Lord, the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God and to rejoice for they said our God hath delivered Samson our enemy into our hand. Hmm. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. Who were they looking at? For context, if you remember, Samson had been captured. And so they were all rejoicing because Samson had given them so much trouble. And they couldn't bind him. They couldn't do until he started dancing with the wrong people. And then he lost his strength, and now he's in a vulnerable place, and the enemy is rejoicing over his weakness, amen, and over his inability to do anything. They said, Our God, little G, hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may... Uh, make us sport and they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport and they set him between the pillars and Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth that I may lean upon them Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called upon the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, And strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein, so that the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Now, go with me to verse number 25, and we'll pull that up on the screen. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport. 
Today I'm going to preach a message that I've entitled Dancing with Destiny. Thank you and you can be seated in God's presence. Father, I ask you for the next few minutes that you would touch me, that you touch my voice, more importantly you touch my spirit. Cleanse me and purge me of any impurities, wash me in your blood, fill me with your spirit, clothe with me with humility and hide me behind the cross that the Word of God can be preached purely and powerfully. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Dancing with destiny. Looking at this word, sport, in verse number 25. The first mentioning of it, if you look it up in the, uh, in the dictionary, it means to laugh, it means to mock. But it also means to play, including instrumental music, singing, and dancing. Uh, this reminds me of a time when the children of Israel were in Babylonian captivity. And as they taunted them, as their enemies, their captors taunted them, they said, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And they were making fun of them. And you remember the story how they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? How can you ask us to sing when our hearts are not merry? And I believe what we possibly have here, though I can't prove it emphatically, I think it's worth noting, that they were not just making fun. They didn't just set him up as an obstacle to laugh at, to scorn, though they did do that. But they also required of him a song and a dance so that as he danced, they could make a mockery of him, knowing that though he was forced to go through the motions, his heart was nowhere in it. And nothing uh, would bring insult to injury any more than not only publicly humiliating someone, but causing them to dance to the music of their enemy. And so as Samson possibly could have been made to dance there, I want you to notice something with me, if you will. Samson played along with them, but Samson had a whole other agenda in his mind. Something happened in Samson's heart and life that day that we'll get to momentarily that proved to us that he finally got to the place where he was dead to self. Now that's a very important point to make. And we'll get to that, but now I want to rewind for a few moments. And I want to start back in the beginning. We're talking about dancing with destiny and, and what I want you to realize is that destiny is something that God has planned for your life. We'll get to that in a moment as well. But if you'll study the life of Samson, you will see God's call interwoven throughout his entire existence from his birth all the way to his death. So in light of that, I want to go to point number one. And by the way, use that outline in your bulletin. If you've got a pen, you can write this down and fill in the blanks. Our, our, our opening text was Judges 16, 23 through 30. And point number one, I want to talk about the day of delivery. Or you might put birth. The birthday of Samson. 
Now, why is that significant? Well, if you turn in your Bibles back to chapter number 13 of the book of Judges, and you look at verse 7, uh, Judges chapter 13 and verse number 7, the Bible says, But he said unto me, Behold, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and now drink no wine nor strong drink, neither eat any unclean thing. For the child, this talking about Samson, shall be a Nazarite to God. Watch what your Bible says. From the womb to the day of his death. From the womb to the day of his death. So we see that even at the very beginning, even before he was even conceived, God already had a plan for his life. Amen? And... Uh, and so what we learn then is that destiny is what you are created to be for God from birth to death. From birth to death. Now this is very important because some of you have messed up on God and you feel like God just kind of walks in and out of your life on, the, on your spiritual days He's there and on your worst days He's nowhere to be found. But what you need to know is there's no point in your life that God ever leaves you or forsakes you, even when it's your fault that you're in the mess that you're in. I'm talking about a God that has a plan for your life, and He sees you in your mess, and He says, I still love you. I still have a purpose for you. Amen. And you need to know that destiny is uh, what you're created to be for God from the time you start till the time you breathe your last breath, and there is not a single moment in your lifespan that is purposeless. There's not a single moment in your lifespan that God cannot use for good even if it was not good we serve a master redeemer we serve one who has a plan of redemption that when he buys you back he can make purpose out of pain amen he can give you a, a testimony out of your test and God is bigger than your problems and God is bigger even than your sin and you need to get this down in your spirit uh, that you are not born by accident and you are not born by coincidence that God has a plan and a purpose for your life and there's no moment in your life that will go to waste in the hands of an artistic God who knows how to make a masterpiece out of your life. Somebody give God some praise and glory this morning for knowing that He's able to help you, amen, from birth all the way to death. Now, do you know what the word Samson means? It actually means daylight. Samson means daylight. Uh, we Southerners might would have picked on Samson with his long flowing hair and called him sunshine, amen. <laughs> we we might have get, get picked on him a little bit, but that was literally what his name meant. He brought a ray of hope into the life of his mother because his mother knew that before he was even conceived that God would bring him and he'd have a great purpose for him. And so we see that even from an infant, Samson is dancing with destiny. Now I use this phrase because I think it illustrates some, a point very well. And here's the point. Uh, now, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. How many of you, before you got saved, went to the dance halls? Oh, we got a few bold ones that's willing to admit it. Y'all know how this works. 
whenever you dance with someone, it's temp- usually temporary and usually for just a little bit of fun, right? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And you know as well as I do that if you dance with the wrong devil, you end up with a whole lot more than you ever bargained for. Can I get an amen? All right, so uh, I want you to see destiny as the one in your life calling for a dance. That God wants you to dance with him. You say, Brother Gary, I don't believe God would want to. Well, David danced before the Lord, and the Lord didn't rebuke David because David was worshiping him. Amen. Amen. David was what God looks at the heart, not the outward motions or the or whatever religious folk have to say about it. God doesn't care about our religious opinions. Amen. Jesus clearly made that point in his earthly teachings. And so we see destiny calling Samson to dance with him. Now here's the difference between destiny and a lot of these uh, two-timers and part-timers. Destiny wants to have a lifetime commitment with you. But them two-timers and part-timers, they just want to have a little night of fun. But they don't want no commitment. And you know what I see in our churches a lot of times? People dancing in and out of church. People dancing in and out of the will of God. They're in it when the times are good and when the shout is on and when the, when the praises are high and when the numbers are up. But, but you can't find them with a C&I dog when trouble hits. Amen. They want to dance with destiny on their terms. They don't want a long-term commitment with destiny. They want to play games with God. They want to do things their own way, their own time frame. And there's absolutely no long-term commitment with destiny and God in their lives. I'm talking about dancing with destiny. And unfortunately for Samson, we're going to see that there were times when he was not that committed. That this, he had so much power on him, he had so much anointing on him, that it was nothing for him to pick up uh, uh, several ton weights of gates and from a city and just tote them up and haul them off somewhere. I mean, when you have that much favor, things just come easy for you. But Samson had so much power of God that he uh, lost any sense of humility if he ever had any. And, and he started dancing with the wrong people. He started dancing with the wrong influences in his life while destiny was still waiting on a dance. While destiny was still waiting for its turn in his life. We see that uh, Samson, as he gets older and as he becomes mature and of age, uh, begins to dance around with women and he starts dabbling in sin. And for a little while, he's getting by with it and he thinks that this pattern is going to continue. Well, I messed up this once and God didn't pull my power off of me. Maybe I can mess up here. And by the way, I'm going to be preaching or teaching tonight. Uh, uh, last Sunday night, I taught on... Uh, when grace gets frustrated, and if you miss it, you need to go back to it. On Sunday nights, I do a little bit of a deeper dive, and I do a little more digging. So if you like teaching as much or more than you like preaching, you need to be here on Sunday nights. You don't want to miss it, okay? But tonight, I'm going to preach on when grace gets taken advantage of. Or I'd, I'd rather use the phrase, when grace gets abused. Because what Samson began to do as he was dancing with women instead of dancing with destiny, he began to set up bad habits that inevitably would rob his power with God. 
then inevitably would rob his favor. And some of you, because God's goodness is so good to you that he don't immediately pull his power and blessings off of your life when you mess up. He's giving you a space of grace. He's giving you a space of repentance. And just because you did bad and it's still going good don't mean that you're going to get by with it. The Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth. That shall he also reap. It may be good today, but you keep dancing with the devil, honey. And he'll take you for everything you got. You better get back right with God. Amen. So, we saw that at the day of his delivery, at the day of his birth, Samson, or daylight, was born with a purpose. But then number two, I want to look at the night of the dance. Now, this is not the dance that we are, we're hoping to look for. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, as a pastor, I watch people. Don't let that intimidate you, it's my job. I pray for people. I observe, I notice things that are disturbing. I seldom, if ever, bring it up unless the Holy Ghost specifically tells me to, and usually it's more in a form of a sermon designed to help you that doesn't have your specific name on it, but praying the Holy Ghost uses it to touch you and help you. And on occasion, I may have to call you and have a little talk. Amen. But you, you know what I see sometimes? I see people dancing with trouble. I see people dancing and having a good time, not knowing that the Bible says that there's pleasure in sin only for a season. But the end, the end is death. You're headed for trouble when you're dancing with Delilah. And some of you may be dancing with Delilah instead of dancing with God's destiny for your life. And I see here the night of a dance in the life of Samson who, who meant daylight. But look where he's at. I believe this was an evening. I believe this was a, a dark place metaphorically in his life. Chapter 16 and verse number 20. Look what it said. And she said... Who's she? This is, this is Delilah. Oh, goodness, Delilah. Beautiful, long eyelashes, I imagine. She probably bathed in beautiful, dark brown eyes. I say, because those are the prettiest color eyes. Amen. No offense, anybody, but my wife's got the prettiest eyes. Amen. I imagine Delilah was stunning. I imagine she was captivating. And she obviously had a strong pull on Samson because she got him to toying around with the notion of whispering secrets to her. Now, she tried a few times. It didn't work. He knew better. But on and on she went. And one night she must have just batted them pretty little eyes of hers at him and said, you don't even love me. If you love me, you'd tell me the secret of your power. And she is appealing to his weakness and his vulnerability and the weakness of his lust of his flesh. And that's what the devil does. The devil appeals to your weakness. And he dangles something out in front of you that looks so good. But yet, and, it's, and it's sweet to the taste, but it's bitter to the stomach. And you may enjoy the meal, but you'll be vomiting later. Can somebody say amen? And by the way, those beer commercials show you all the 
what the guys would call the beautiful babes and the beer and all that, but they don't show you the big beer gut, and they don't show you uh, a, a little eight-year-old boy's daddy who got stabbed in the back of the knife and nearly bled to death. They don't show you that kind of junk. They don't show you somebody getting killed in a hell-on collision because somebody was drunk and dumb and driving under the intoxication. Can somebody just say amen? The devil is a liar, but he will not come to you in the form of destruction. He will come to you as Delilah. And I think Delilah is too close to delight to ignore. Oh, the devil is luring our young people. Oh, he's got them thinking they're riding high, baby. And I've seen it over and over and over. And young people say, oh, but I can get by with this. And they, that may have happened to them, but nothing bad is going to happen to me. And God, the Holy Ghost, sent me into your life right now to rebuke that lying devil in your life and to tell you that you're headed for destruction. And if you don't repent of your sins, you're headed for trouble that you may never recover from. But you've got hope right now. But right here in this life, here's... Here she is, Delilah. She had done talked him into telling her his real secret. And while he was asleep, and by the way, he must have been a hard sleeper, either that or she, uh, she probably filled him full of alcohol so he'd stay knocked out. Yeah. And uh, because she was cutting his hair off, I don't think I could sleep through a haircut unless I was drugged up, amen, or intoxicated, right? So I'm thinking... Either he's a hard sleeper or he, was, he probably had alcohol in the system. And, uh, and that's just like the devil. He waits until you are at your weakest so he can take full advantage of you. He'll intoxicate you so you're out of your mind and he can just wreak havoc in your life. Amen. And we're, we're at verse 20. So here she is. Uh, and then this is a repeat. I just don't have time to read the whole uh, succession of all of this. Uh, this has happened, I think it was three times before, but this is the final uh, cut, right? Uh, she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he woke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before, before and shake myself. And he wist not, that, it, that means he knew not, that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put, on his, uh, put out his eyes, rather. Amen. Because he wouldn't use his spiritual sight, God took his natural sight. And when you ignore your spiritual vision that God's trying to speak to you, you'll lose a lot more than your spiritual sense. And here Samson is. That I'm going to get up just like I've always done. This ain't no problem. Let me at him. And nothing happened. He was as weak as anybody else in the building. What happened? He danced with Delilah. He danced with a deceiver. Someone who uh, was there saying she was there for one thing. But really she was being politically played by other people. She was probably getting paid a, a handsome price. To be his mistress. So that she could work her deceits into his life. Whole time he's blind to the whole deal. Because he thought he was invincible with God's power on him. And he assumed apparently that God would continue to ignore the sin that was in his life. But at some point sooner or later. You're going to lose something that God meant to stay in your life. It could be your purity. 
It could be your influence. It could be your reputation. It could even be monetary things. It could be relationships that are important to you. But as long as you keep dancing with the devil and dancing with Delilah and dancing with delight instead of dancing with your destiny, you're asking for nothing but trouble. Oh, that God would give us some people that will dance with God's destiny for their life and not just be in it for, for a one-night uh, occasion, but, but say, Lord, I want to be your sole uh, companion in dance. Amen. Uh, you are mine and I am yours, and I don't care about dancing with anybody else, uh, and, and, and I want to be called to dance. Lord, I'll, I'll dance with you. Anytime you get ready to dance, you just say the word, I am Johnny on the spot. Amen. Uh, or whatever. Uh, I, I want you to have that kind of relationship with God because that's what God wants you to have. Samson danced with Delilah instead of destiny one too many times. And all it takes is one too many. How many mistakes does it take to ruin your life? One too many. Just one. And you've got to hear me. The Lord loves you too much to let you go down without giving you graceful warnings he's not trying to rob you of your fun the bible says it is the thief that has come to steal kill and destroy but jesus came that you might have life and that you have, might have it more abundantly it's a lie of the devil to cause you to think that you're missing out all the, on all the fun if you become a christian it's the biggest lie let me tell you something i've seen the contrast and I, I, my worst days with God are better than any of your best days with the devil. Can I say that again? My worst days with God are better than any of your best days with the devil. And I challenge you to prove me wrong. Let's just have some real talk this morning, can we? Somebody's dancing with Delilah and God is calling you to dance with him. But once he embraces you, he ain't letting you go. So you've got to ask yourself, am I willing to walk away from Delilah and walk into the destiny that God has for me. So we see the day of delivery. We see the night of the dance. But now I want to look at the moment of death. Number three, the moment of death. This is a very pivotal moment in Samson's life. Chapter 16, verse number 22. I want you to see this. Now, they done plucked out his eyes. They done took him into captivity. But I love the clause that the Holy Ghost put in the Word of God right here. How be it the hair of his head began to grow again after he was shaven. Woo. Hey, let me tell you something about that hair real quick, can I? <laughs> this is some good stuff, y'all. Good stuff. If I say it and you like it, say good stuff, okay? Good stuff. Amen. Did you know that the word Nazarite means separate? It means consecrated. It means untrimmed or unpruned or like an undressed vine. Ooh. The reason... He took the Nazarite vow was not because of any special power in the long hair. 
It was what the long hair was giving testimony to. It was giving testimony to the fact that he was marked by God and belonged solely to God. It was giving testimony. Are you listening? Amen. Good stuff. I got one. Hallelujah. Woo. Amen. It was giving testimony. Are you ready for this? That he was a God-made man, not to be touched, nor to be beholden to the control or influence of men. Woo! Can I get a good stuff from somebody else? Amen. Now, some of you have been wondering, now why? If the New Testament said it's a shame for men to have long hair, did Samson, was he allowed to have long hair in the Old Testament? Well, we're talking about, first of all, two different dispensations. Secondly, it's not about the hair. It's about the touch of God on his life. And God wanted a visible way for people to know that's my man. And by the way, God wants there to be visibility in your life that you belong to him. And away, amen, good stuff. If, away with this closet Christianity where I'm a Christian, but I don't want anybody to know. Let your hair out and serve God, amen. Let it out and let everybody know who you belong to. Can I get another amen? amen. Can I get another good stuff this morning? Hallelujah. Mm. But I want you to see something. In verse 22, uh, it said that his hair began to grow. That means uh, there's always enough of God's mercy there's always enough of God's grace and the covering is coming back though though he had a temporary season in his life where he allowed his enemy to take his power God began to put him in a position where he became to his enemy like a Trojan horse they didn't see it coming they thought that once they got his power took away from him that he could never get it back and how many of you know you can put the man in the cage, but you can't take the God off of his life? Amen. Amen. And they thought they had him. Uh, but what they failed to realize is they didn't have his God in his cage. So his hair began to grow back. And that's an important point to make. Amen. And now skip with me to verse 27. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there. And there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. Now, keep in mind, I believe that Samson's down there dancing with all his might. Now, the Philistines think that they're making a mockery of him. But I really do believe with all my heart that he began to dance to the Lord. Because God gave him his next move. It, it, it doesn't, you know, we don't usually preach positively about the death of Samson. But there's a spiritual application to be learned here. That when Samson was finally committed to dance with destiny and to enter into a permanent relationship with his destiny, the day that he died to self was the day that he made the greatest impact for the glory of God. Because as they looked on and as he danced, they thought for sport. But he was, I think, uh, dancing because God showed him a way to get vengeance on behalf of the Lord. And that was his sole purpose for being there. Amen. Uh, verse 28, Samson called uh, to the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee. Only this 
wants. Uh, he's not even asking for a, a, a long life. He's just saying, Lord, if you'll put your touch on me one more time, I'll do it right this time. Amen. And that's where some of you need to get with God. You've blown it and you know you've blown it. But if you could get to that place in your heart where you say, God, I, I, I come to you uh, not as a son but as a servant uh, and I'm the least of your servants. If you'll just put your touch on me one more time, I'll try to do my best and not spoil it this time. I'll try to do my best and not ruin it this time and get back in the saddle and go for God. Amen. Good stuff. Thank you, Brother Chris. The moment of his death when Samson reunited with destiny again, he finally committed unto the death. You know the old song, I have decided to follow Jesus. Sing it with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. Here's the next part. No turning back. <laughs> no turn. Look at that, look at that uh, artistic uh, rendition of Samson up there on the screen. That's a committed guy right there. He's committed because he's in it no matter what it costs. I'll go further than that. He's in it knowing what it's going to cost. He's not just taking a gamble that it might work out in, in better conditions. He knows it's going to cost something. And by the way, you need to know that serving Jesus will cost you some things. It's going to cost you. It's not what. Rather, it's, it's not if. It's just what. You've got to be willing to do like Sam say, you know what? It's no longer about me. Lord, if this is your assignment for me, this is what I'm going to do. And bow and flex for God and die to self and watch God use you in a great and mighty way. Amen. So look at this uh, next slide. Uh, well, you've already got it up. When Samson died to self, he fulfilled his divine destiny. Yeah, let's go to the next one. This is your last fill in the blank on your outline. Amen. Watch this. Dying to self will produce more than living for self. Dying to self will produce more than living for self. It will. I challenge you to try it sometime. Amen. Just put your agenda aside and say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, let's just go do it. If it brings me shame, if it brings me reproach, if it brings me persecution, if it brings me hardship, if the devil starts fighting my family, if the devil starts fighting my finances, if the devil starts fighting my social connections, and if every friend abandons and forsakes me and I've left standing alone with Jesus himself and nobody else, then Lord, sign me up because what you want is a lot, lot more important than what I want. And when you, Jesus said, except the corn of the wheat, die and fall on the ground. It abideth alone. But if it die, it brings forth much fruit. Your most fruitful existence as a Christian is when you live not for self, but you live for Jesus. Amen? That you say, you know what? It's no longer about me. I'm going from this day forward to be dancing with destiny. <laughs> 
and I'm not in it part-time, and I'm not going to be a two-timer on God. But I'm looking for a commitment to death. Till death do we unite. Amen. Till death do we unite. Everybody standing to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. For just a few moments, Joe's going to play a song of invitation. And I know that God, the Holy Spirit, has already spoken to some hearts. Because some have got some confession to make before the Lord. And there's somebody in here that God loves you so much that he just keeps hammering away at your stony heart, trying to warm it up, trying to say, I love you with an everlasting love. I will fill your life with purpose. I will use you mightily for my glory and my honor. I will put, give you a reason for living. Aren't you tired of the shallow nights where your heart is empty and when your eyes are filled with tears and you're miserable and you're not happy and you hate yourself and you hate everybody else and, and you might even be suicidal because life is so shallow to you but I'm telling you Jesus Christ is saying dance with me this morning and if you'll come into the lovely arms of Jesus he will embrace you he will save you he will transform you and he will give you a purpose and a reason to exist. I invite you. I'm going to step down as my family sings. And I'm going to wait patiently. If God has spoke to your heart, come up and let me take the word of God and, and help you find where you need to be with Jesus.